Welcome. Now, my name is D. Ludlow. Now, before we get into this episode, go to the description, click the link and get your M&A Mastery Toolkit. This is a free download, which gives you some of the tools and resources that you need to start your M&A journey. Don't forget, go to the description, click the link. It's a free download and enjoy the episode. A little bit, uh, but let's say there was someone, so you, you mentor quite a few people on it as well, and you have before. Um, so let's say someone that's watching this podcast and they're looking to get into this and, you know, what's the, what's the first few steps they could do? Um, first of all, I think to look at your initial skill set, because if you already have a skill set, um, for instance, technically you're in hospitality, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you're in property, but hospitality as well. Um, so with your skill set, you're clearly good at managing teams, um, systems, working off systems, and also customer service, because all those things fall under their umbrella. So first of all, if I was yourself, I'd be like, well, what can I transfer my skill set into a sector? Maybe you want to buy something in this sector. So maybe, for instance, with service departments, you'd be like, well, I may, may as well go and buy a commercial cleaning company um, that already has contracts with other buildings, and then we can maybe bring that in here and you know reduce our costs instead of using the one that you use. I think you've got your own, but you know you get my point. Um, or maybe some sort of property maintenance, because again, you have stuff that may go wrong in some of the apartments. So I'll look at your your initial skill set first and try and work off that. Some people hate the thing that they already do. Um, but even then, regardless of what it is you go and buy and what you choose, whichever sector you choose, you're going to have days where you don't want to turn up anyway. So I wouldn't neglect your current skill set. I would use it to your advantage because the, the prime goal here is not for you to go and be the owner operator in a business and go and work in the business every day. Some people may want to, but our goal isn't to do that. Our goal is to find something that has good management structure, already EBITDA positive, and already has a lot of growth, but also a lot of history behind it. So realistically, your your skill set can actually help if you understand the sector. Now, when you're taking calls, you're going to learn it very quickly anyway. Of course, you can't get that tribal knowledge of the sector that people have had for working in it for 20 years, but you will learn quick. Um, so to start with, I would say look at your, your initial skill set. Then from there, think about your criteria. So for instance, if someone's earning, say, I don't know, 50 grand a year in their current job, it's probably pointless and you're going to buy something around the same profit. Because yes, you get now work for yourself, so you're earning the same money and you have some of the perks of the business. But it depends what your risk appetite is. Because if you're someone that is very young, maybe someone like yourself that you know, see something and thought, well, to replace my salary and go and do this, I'm happy to take the risk, go go and work over there. Mm-hmm. It's got 30 years of history. So, you know, the risk actually isn't that big. Um, I want to try something new and grow it. Then I would say yes. But if you have like a really good secure job and you, you care about security, then if you're earning 50 grand a year, I'd be looking at something 100, 150, 200K a year profit. So it actually makes sense for you to make that transition um, and give it more time. So criteria is a big thing. Um, And if you do want to operate the company, fine. If you don't, then again, you do have to start to look at what infrastructure the business has, uh, but also what what value you can bring to it. So this would probably be beneficial for people listening. So I always use like Amazon as a, as a good example. So if you can try and digitize the process, and in most traditional businesses, they lack systems and they lack tech integration, right? So if you think about Amazon, the second you order off Amazon, you get email. About 20 minutes later, you get another email. 
Then it tells you when it's been dispatched. Then it tells you when it's on the way. Then it tells you what time is going to be delivered. Then it tells you when it has been delivered after this in your hands. And then half hour later, it tells you how was ask you how was your delivery. Then the day after, it starts showing you other things you may like because if you didn't have all those emails. You, you ask yourself, you know, would you moan to see where it is? Because when you order off other people's websites, they may not have that same process that Amazon have with that customer journey and experience is so good that they're keeping you informed all, across the whole path of uh, the whole journey of it being delivered. You never have to ask, when does anyone, anyone listen to this? When have you ever had to ask where your Amazon parcel is at any time? Yeah. Because they're so good at that process, whereas some aren't. So there's things that, of course, they, there's a lot that goes into it, but if you can integrate some sort of tech, and there's actually the fact that... Um, the businesses that integrate um, some sort of technology um, typically do two times the revenue of other businesses. So when you start to think about the integration of tech and just, just basic automation, uh, you don't need to be a computer scientist to integrate some of this tech. You'll be surprised on some of these traditional businesses that have been going for 30 years, 